Today is uh, February 23rd, 2023, and I'm with my good friend, David Chen. Hello there. I'm currently sitting at a table, and I'm drinking this concoction that I've been making. Yeah. Called Life. I call it Life Juice. Life and, Juice. And uh, Life Juice. Uh, it's, it's a concoction Sophia and I have devised using the jasmine pearls that you left um, oh, yeah. on my crib like a long time ago. Uh-huh. We steep a large batch of that and we mix it with lemon juice, honey, and chia seeds. Chia seeds? Yeah, dude. The magic of chia. Have you gone into that shit? No. Well, I mean, it, you did put chia seeds into the smoothies you made that one morning. Yeah. Yeah. But that was the it, farthest I've ever felt it. Dude, your digestive system will, will thank you if you start eating these. Interesting. Plus, so they're a source of protein, omega 3s, like really good fats and fiber at the same time. Hmm. So, have you, you felt can't the beat difference? That. Oh, yeah. Like my tummy, it settles my tummy so well. Hmm. I mean, the caffeine like stimulates things as well. It's caffeine. So, from the tea. Oh, from the tea. Oh, I mean, that's honestly like negligible, depending on how much you put. But yeah. yeah. I'm a very sensitive oh. caffeine guy. Yeah. So it, oh. it's, it gives me a subtle boost. Um, and, and I oversteep it as well. So, because mm. I like my jasmine to be orange, <laughs> a bit not bitter. yellow. <laughs> yeah, a bit better. I don't mind it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I got to get back into drinking my tea just on my own. I've only been really drinking with, like when there's people visiting my room um dude i get that yeah yeah it's a social thing for me i'm As like well. oh people are over like yeah like i'll, I'll brew a little thing of tea that everyone enjoys yeah 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 pulling out the tea exactly but it seems like the life juice as well you're you're, you're kind of you're approaching it as your own thing too a little bit yeah um but it is dope because it's sort of like a morning routine now where sophia and i just sit at this table and just pass the life juice back and forth until we feel awake again that's beautiful, yeah. man. Wow. Yeah. It's yeah. been it's been good. The mornings are good. I, I love waking up in this apartment. Mm. It used to be a nightmare, so tell me yeah, about it. Tell waking. me about what does the mornings look like in in your room now? Well, I can literally feel when I'm gonna wake up and she's here and when she's not here. And it actually has sort of made a difference like i can tell it affects the way my days go um and and when she is here it's always like idyllic like i get up and she's always like reading something or like practicing something on her instrument and i just go straight to the kitchen put together like a goddamn feast and i always try to get her to eat food so i'm always you know trying to describe the food in the best way possible in the most sensual <laughs> way <laughs> exactly exactly and then sometimes i get through to her and and we enjoy a meal together at the table and just talk shit and then we'll jazz up for a bit i'll get in the shower we'll listen to music and then um sometimes we'll get the shroom tea out drink some shroom tea together what so, so it's like a micro dose yeah yeah we'll hit a micro dose and then go about our day oh interesting yeah, and it's really how, nice. It's, yeah, how has that been? It's good. Um, I haven't done anything recently. I think I need to. Uh, not not need, of course. Okay, but, good. I was just. But it's about time. That. But it's time. If if that makes sense, it's just the word need is just easy to to say. But yeah, it feels like it's time. Um, would be nice to connect again. 
yeah. you know so um i think i'm gonna slide out to this little redwood spot in canyon maybe tomorrow um during a storm which sounds like a bad idea but i would love to just get dumped on um and just like look up at the sky while i want shrooms it sounds really nice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah it's been what two weeks since you've last done it i think so yeah okay. two weeks okay I haven't really done it in february so it's like been 23 days or ish i think oh well oh yeah so even more three plus weeks okay yeah yeah it's just because the last one was a lot, so we've been letting that one kind of <laughs> slowly <laughs> seep into the subconscious a little more oh, I before I yeah, go back in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a good one. I, I I literally went from like going on, uh, I went on like an anarcho-prim rant while we were like laying on this hill of grass. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God damn it, why am I talking about this shit again? And then we like went down the hill, and by the time I got down the hill, I was just sobbing about my brother, but like productively. Mm-hmm. So it was that one was just a wild ride, you know. Mm-hmm. And usually shrooms are not so wild for me. So, well, I mean, I think any psychedelics at a at a certain dose is going to become a wild ride, right? Like ketamine yeah. at a small dose simply feels like you've quieted your mind for thirty minutes. But if you take enough ketamine, you literally have an out-of-body experience and your consciousness exits your physical <laughs> body shell. So like, yeah, like at any level, at any level, you can get to a point where it becomes quote-unquote wild. But Yeah, um, exactly. I would definitely um, recommend just like having a, a dose amount like recorded just so that you know like where you're at. Otherwise, yeah. if one day you, you get approached with like, hey, you want to take five grams with me? And you don't really know where you've been. Like, what if you've only ever been hovering around two grams, two and a half grams, and you suddenly double it to five? Um, you'll know yeah. what to expect if someone offers you that. Rather than, like, if you know you've been doing, like, four grams on average and someone offers you five, that's a bit more reasonable of a stretch. But yeah. uh, I see. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I'm getting working on doses for sure. Um, and Nathan has just grown a ginormous batch of um, psilocybin mushrooms in his room. Nice. So we are sitting pretty on a nice, reputable source, which is good. How often um, does Nathan do it? He's, funny enough, he does it a lot because he can identify them in the wild and then just eats a white cap like off the ground and then just goes about his day. Like He's like, Whoa. oh, it's a little treat. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a lot of confidence <laughs> in his identification skills because... <laughs> I mean, that is what he does. Like oh. his lab is—that's all they do—is fungus. So he literally is looking at fungus every single day. Oh, okay. What the heck? Yeah, Damn. that's a, yeah, that's a specialty. And they're actually asking a question about how, like, some fungus that have never even like really interacted or seen each other will just fuse and create like this new being. And they're studying how the DNA like changes when they fuse. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah. they're. Yeah, he's he's on the cutting edge of some biology stuff. Um, so, so you would, is, you would you would call him a mycologist then? I guess so. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. but he would never want to be boxed in like that, you know. He's he, he does it all. Mm-hmm. I mean, his his real goal is just to map redwoods his whole life and find old wood groves, write about it. Damn, there you go. Yeah. So, um, I will say I I I, I called in this recording today because simply I felt weird and mm. woke up from a nap that 
rubbed me the wrong way. The dreams were just like a little too surreal. And yeah, kind of, ugh. and uh, yesterday was definitely a low for me. I, I felt really weird and I, I ended up running into like Stella and Gavi, which are people I'm not very Ooh. fond of. Yeah. Um, and, and like I, I kept running into people that I did not want to see. And then I accident I didn't realize I had work and I had to run all the way across campus to like work my shift. And so by the time I'm done with the work, I'm all just Yeah, I just filled to the brim. My mind's in disarray. So then I, I'm like, well, let's, let's and then Sophia's the same way. So we sit down and we watch this movie called Train Spotting. And it is not the movie you want to watch when you're in that state of mind. Like there's there's like there's dead babies in that shit. Jesus, there's <laughs> it's a, it's a heroin junkie movie. Oh my and, god! And like, I, I had seen it a while ago, and I remember it being like an uplifting movie. But for some what? reason, why? I don't know why I remembered it that way. Because <laughs> it literally, like, Sophie and I just looked disgusted by by the time we were done. We just looked at each other, like, yeah, like I feel gross. Like she had to get in the shower after watching it. Yeah. Um. And then so I've, I'm feeling some of the. Oh yeah, and then my dad. I call my dad, and he sort of makes it a little worse as well. And like, I'm dealing with some residual effects from that today. Um, and I actually, I literally almost physically bumped into Maya today. We made like eye contact, like a foot from each other, which was not good either. So I don't know, man. I've just it's been a weird chain of events, and I'm, I'm letting it kind of freak me out, make me feel lonely and stuff. Mm-hmm. Damn, man. This. How long was your nap? Just curious. It was like an hour, ten oh. minutes, hour. Yeah. I was gonna say this. This mirrors my day pretty similarly, almost to an uncanny degree. I also felt very weird today, and I guess I can tell talk a bit about that after you. But um, I also ended up taking a nap because I just felt, you know, I don't think I've used the word depressed in a long time, but I think it was close to that feeling. Um, so down. Um, yeah. And so I took a nap, and I had very surreal dreams about like, and to the point where I forgot them already. Even though I woke up probably twenty minutes ago, it was around the time when you texted me. I like I woke up and I saw your text. I was like, oh okay. Well, I just had one of the weirdest series of dreams, and it was because I just did my Hinduism class today, and we had the most. Holy shit! We had the most. We had the most mind-bending conversation about Maya. Um, Maya is this... It's So you can separate the divine feminine into three kind of fundamental forces that has been written about in the Upanishads in Hindu texts. Not just Upanishads, but like in other kind of religious texts. One is Shakti, which is like power. One is yeah. Prakriti, which is like material... The, the materialism of the universe. And the third one is Maya, which is like this is interpreted as illusion, right? So you have Brahman, right? Which is the one true reality. It's the, it's the, it's the thing once you peel back every fucking layer of every single onion possible in this universe, you reveal the one true essence, the one true being Brahman. Um, and when the universe was created, some texts say that the feminine side was separated from Brahman and used Maya to create this illusion that we call reality. Right, that is what we live in, 
right? This this world that we live in that has materiality, that has greed, that has good, that has all these things that we come into contact, this is an illusion. And it's not the Western idea of illusion because the Western idea of illusion we think of as fake, right? Yeah. Or as yeah. this thing that is covering <clears throat> our eyes that is somehow bad, which is kind of not true in terms of the Hindu connotation. It just simply means a form of existence that is a, not the true reality, right? One step. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of the fundamental basis of Buddhist slash Hindu thought of resurre- resurrection. Well, not resurrection. Um, uh, reincarnation and like the cycle of life and death, in which if you do not recognize Brahman and see through the illusion of reality, which is kind of an oxymoron to say. You will die reborn over and over again until one day you reach the point of realizing that this is all a game. This is all an illusion. This Mm. is Maya at work. Um, And then what? And then what? Well, I mean, I guess at that point you would call that enlightenment. At that point you would call it transcendence. You would break the cycle of rebirth and join Brahman once and for all. But the question here is, is that how do you avoid nihilism throughout this entire point? That was our point of our discussion. Is that our Western perspective of philosophy, thinking about reality as an illusion, sometimes leads to the thought that, okay, well, none of this matters. I'm going to go shoot this person in the head because this is all in Maya. This is all illusion. But that's obviously not the point here, right? Because when these things were written, these things were written to uphold an ethic of society, not break it down, right? And that's what nihilism does. Nihilism leads to what I would call kind of non-objective anarchy, right? Anarchy that does Mm. not have a goal on its own, which I think is is (laughs) destructive. Um, And so... You know, how, what is the point of Maya then, right? How do we fold Maya into the story that is good? It is, is it just an illusion, a screen that we put in front of our eyes that we have to somehow break through? I don't think so, right? And this is, we don't really get to an answer anyways, but this is kind of the foreground of my, my nap. And I think what I dreamed about, if I can try to remember, oh, I don't even remember. I just remember I was getting to like these universal truths about we're all living in stories. We use stories to, to both liberate and imprison us into avoiding the painful realization that this reality is separates us from Brahman or God or the one true essence. And we're scared mm. to rejoin somehow. I don't know. I just remember dreaming about all this shit. Yeah. And it was a weird, yeah, I just also feel very unsettled and, um, yeah, but I can talk a bit more about <laughs> the, the day leading up to it too, but I just want to say that I feel like it's kind of uncanny that we're lining up here in terms of how yeah. it is. And, and it, honestly, it's it's nice to hear um, that we can just talk about it, you know, mm-hmm. together. Yeah. It's kind of what it's all about. Yeah, but, yeah. but um, yeah, I, I feel you on the... Oh, that's what I wanted to say is that like... Mm-hmm feeling residual effects of things that bothered you yeah um today was the same you know i was at chipotle i gotta stop eating out man this is just this is getting <laughs> to the point of being a spoiled bitch but um yeah i was at chipotle um and i was i just got my burrito 
And this guy approached me uh, asking if I can buy him a burrito. He was hungry. And at that moment, first of all, I got to never buy buy a burrito ever again. Because that, that shit is annoying to eat. Especially the ones that are, like, massive. And the guy doesn't really, <laughs> yeah. like, make an effort to make it into a burrito. Yeah, like, yeah. It's not even... It's yeah. like a basket, honestly, of of tortilla. No. And our, our content to tortilla ratio in America is awful. Yeah. It's terrible. Horrible. horrible. Yeah. Um, and I didn't even, like, put that much stuff on it. You know, I think they just messed up the ratios <laughs> yeah. by a lot. And then, yeah. So, anyways, I was just very flabbergasted and just, mm, just, yeah, just not, not very... Not, not, not very uh, in my in a good headspace. I don't even know why at this point. Maybe it's because, mm-hmm. anyways. But I said no, right, and instantly just felt bad, right? Like fuck, this guy's just hungry. You know, he wasn't even asking money when which I had to decide whether or not he was gonna do something harmful with that money. He just wanted food, and like part of me was like, why are you bothering me eating? We're out of Chipotle, you know. And part of me was like, oh, well, then I got to delay my food. Which probably wouldn't have taken more than ten minutes, hmm. and all that. And I just I copped out and said no, right? Um, you had a moral dilemma. Yeah, yeah, and not just the moral dilemma, but then a resolution to that moral dilemma by okay. saying no. I chose. Yeah, I decided aside for that moral dilemma and said no. So, and then Anna called me, um, and it was just also difficult. Um, couldn't really connect um yeah yeah so just that and then so i just decided to skip class um it was was just section it was like a separate meeting go home Mm -hmm. it was like 5 30 decided to take a nap and then woke up at 10 and i don't feel necessarily bad but a unsettled b a tad hopeful for sure yeah. Tonight, oh, it's it's good that's still, still there. Yeah. There's, tonight there's still things that can be done. Um but yeah, overall just feeling the feeling the small rippling effects of unsettling moments. Yeah. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. And and I guess it just you just keep going and as the days goes on you know, new things happen and you just feel different, I guess. Yeah. I think yeah. given our proclivity to tell stories, I think the one downside to it is that sometimes we tend to epics, epicize. I don't even know if that's like to make epic our struggles. Mm. Right? We tell these stories of these really rough moments or a small moment that we make more rough through the story that we tell. And I think one thing I'm starting to learn is that like, I I don't need to essentialize the things that go wrong in my day or in my life, right? Make them into this great cataclysmic event through story. Um, yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's healthy as well. I think, and I think there's a balance there. I still think there are like there are lessons to be learned and a story to be told, but again, just to a certain degree, is is where I feel like it's healthy. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not to banish yin and yang. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. but um, 
But yeah, um, I think hope is good though. Um, and that's, that's the thing for me. Depression loves to just expel hope from my soul for a second. Mm. And it's, it's kind of the thing that keeps you in the game really. Um, so I always try to hang on to it as much as possible, but I guess my relationship with depression is one where I get caught in this state where like the future just is, is no longer something I can even look forward to. I'm, I'm, it convinces me that like not only the past, but the future will, oh. will be and was awful. And I'm just stuck here. Um, Damn. The future was awful. That's yeah. That's a powerful, powerful thought. <laughs> yeah. So, and then and then suddenly I, I I change my environment slightly, or I you know go get dinner. I play the piano or something. Go to the climbing gym, which I'm going to do in an hour. And then I just, if I don't think about it too much, it, it just suddenly gets lifted off of me without even me realizing. And I'm like, oh, life is suddenly good again. Yeah. Um, and I guess like that's the relationship I have with my brain now. It, it's like I, it is this sort of subconscious suggesting ball that's just firing off constantly as it takes in information around me. And, and my body's, I think my body is there to just make sure that the environment is right. You know, that's what, that's what the body's for. So, um, I've been, I've been thinking a lot about just environment and changing it in response to the way I feel. And I think that obviously that can go too far, but I think I found a nice balance with it for sure. So how have you been modulating that then? It's, it's not going too far with it. I, I used to like feel depressed and then it would, it would almost become it would be a source of anxiety. Like, how can you change your environment? Go like, Ooh. like you, you have to change this around or else like you're going to continue to feel like shit. And like, this is not good. This is not good. And then now it's sort of just like when I feel depressed, like I just kind of subtly ask myself, well, what do you want to do instead of this? Okay, let's go do that. I just leave it at that. I don't have to put more thought into it. And, and when you, when you really like simplify it and don't think it, don't think depression is so like such a consequential thing, it, it, it's much easier to navigate it, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and then by doing that, you, you almost take importance away from depression. You don't give it so much autonomy over you or power over you. Damn. When you hand, when you handle it with a gentle intention it it sort of fades away in a polite way. Damn. It's like that Newtonian putty that you make with cornstarch and water. Ublek. Yeah, Ublek. The more you move it, the tenser it gets. Yeah. Until you realize it's just liquid if you just let it go. Yeah. Huh. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. But I have like, man, this, this spirituality stuff is, it's, I, I just like, I'm like, where does psychology fit within all this? Mm. You know, 
like it it sometimes feels like hmm do these things conflict like is is just focusing on spirituality is that a substitute for psychology like mm-hmm. i just don't know what their relationship is you know well i'm curious like what what's what's been your identification with like why psychology is important to you because like when why psychology is yeah when did it start for you to like really think about things through a psychological frame because in, in during our podcast days in high school i don't remember us talking about it that much or maybe we yeah. did and i don't remember but i'm curious for you when did it really well <laughs> it's funny that we had an entire mental health series um oh, when right. i was sort of like rolling in a state of turmoil and not even identifying that and 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 I couldn't even identify it with a literal multiple episode miniseries with people who were just spitting facts at us. Um, and it wasn't until I was pushed to the brink that I started caring, which was around the beginning of the pandemic, which definitely doesn't make me special because I think we all had our own moment there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, when I got my first psychologist and Susan, and then she was... She was Freudian. Oh, she was a Freud. She was a she was a psychoanalyst. Yeah. And so, for eight months, I got psychoanalyzed, um, which was, what well, it was a revolution, dude, in my brain. Like, I, I literally like took myself out of like my eyeballs, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I don't. And I didn't necessarily become more spiritual. Actually, I kind of became anti-spiritual for a second there. And I and I sort of like was just like, yo, the brain is just this thing that you can just move around and change and fix. And it's like, I don't even have identity or like, I'm just sort of this, like, let's just fix this situation. So I feel better. Um, and then And then cognitive behavioral is so spiritual, according to my therapist, Casey Robertson. She was all about awe and wonder. She was like, she literally once told me, she's like, well, the two things that will make you happy. She's like, I, a therapist can't guarantee you much, but she's like, if you, if you stick to breath, awe and wonder, like everything is going to be all right. Like those things will always be there for you. And then, and and that was a revelation in itself. And then I started thinking about psychology completely differently. It's like, whoa, these two schools of thought were effective in their own way. Um, and uh, one was about the past and one was about the, the now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think now that I'm on the spiritual journey, it would be nice to link up with Casey again. And hear her thoughts about, you know, meditation and and all of the things that we talk about now, because I never really got a touch up on that. I was just so, I was just learning techniques and dealing with OCD and all that stuff. Mm. Yeah. So, are you still seeing a therapist? No, I stopped. I I, I stopped when um, Maya and I got together. Actually, funny enough. Oh, so it's, um, been long, it's been almost a year. Yeah, it's been almost a year, and. You know, it's it's been good. I've been capable of handling every difficult situation that's come my way. Um, but I think I want to, you know, enter a new step here, um, like a new a new stage. Well, so, well, I think you're already crafting a beautiful intentionality to do so. 
So when when and if you decide to do it, I think it's going to be that much more meaningful. Yeah. Um, I will say, I, I guess I can share one story about what this reminds me of. Our professor shared us a story today, the Hindu class one, about this young young child that she was hanging out, right, probably three years old at most, four years old actually, I think. And he suddenly just made a really interesting claim. He was like, you know what? And she said, what? And he was like, the brain named itself. And she was like, huh, <laughs> yeah, great point. And I think to me that summarizes a lot of what I see psychology being, right? Or psychiatry even too. Um, it is the brain naming itself, the brain identifying itself, the brain attempting to heal itself. And ultimately this three pound piece of flesh is so deeply complex that when it turns inward on itself, it calls that psychology hmm. and it calls all these forms of knowing of looking into your past and being able to draw thin razor thin lines between what happened to you and who you are now it it thinks about all the ways in which our body and the way we express our body through our breath and what we see can intimately affect who we are and how we identify that right we, th we, th we, we talk about a lot of times, you know, a lot of white psychologists go to India and take a psychological interpretation of Hinduism, right? So, for instance, this one guy made a theory saying that the reason why we have so many goddesses in Hindu culture is because there are so many mother figures in the ex extended family. And so a, a young boy growing up will see that his aunt, his second aunt, his mother, they're all various incarnations of feminine authority that can then be mirrored onto the various goddesses of Kali, Durga, Devi, um, one of which being like a warrior, like god of, you know, god of righteous warriorship, mm. or the other being goddess of, you know, wealth, knowledge, and reading, and the other. And so, you know, that's a psychological take, right? But at the end of the day, psychology is the brain recognizing the brain. And so in this situation, this, this guy's theory was simply the brain's recognition of how religion affects the brain. A theory, first of all. And I think where religion and the theological studies and perhaps what you're referencing in terms of spiritual journey, to me what that seems like is that, okay, we can have the brain thinking about the brain all day. But what if we get the brain to think about the cosmos? Mm -hmm. and start thinking about the stories of why the brain not just what the brain is because that's I think what psychology really ponders itself over what is the brain but why is a deeply narrative question because ultimately this why could be anything we so choose why well it could simply be evolution it could be that this kind of pea-sized organ starting when we were just amoebas slowly grew out of the necessity to for more sensory input but then you take psychedelics and a fungal compound can unlock neural connective tissue in a way that makes you empathize with the very pulse of the universe now it gets more complicated 
right? Now your story of random evolution seems inadequate. Hmm. And that I think is where spirituality comes in. How do you explain the metaphysical? Not explain, fuck that. How do you tell a story of the metaphysical that can let you look out at the sky or look at a leaf or look at your own hand and feel a sense of wonder? Right? Just like your car, just like what uh, Cassie? What was her name? Cassia? Who? The cognitive behavioral therapist one. Oh, uh, Casey. Casey. Just like what Casey said about breath, awe, and wonder. I think the point of spirituality is to slowly get to a point where you can see awe and wonder in everything. In everything. And that is where I've been, I think, slowly coming to. It's like, damn, just a walk outside and noticing the fractal pattern of trees. Oh my God, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's fucking beautiful. And, and walking by and seeing someone sad or looking down and noticing that they are in their minds and also seeing like yeah. like just all that right and i think some theories some stories that we tell ourselves like nihilism or or um, random evolution or some forms of psychology that kind of points to oh it's just our brain and we're dealing with it it doesn't really give me awe and wonder it gives me exp- explanations mm. it gives me forms of simplification but it doesn't really confer awe and wonder onto this world. Mm. And I think that's the whole point of stories. And the one big story that we call religion is just an attempt to do so, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I I have a question as well. And I just, like, I guess an, another thing stemming from this little depression is thinking about my community and and what role spirituality plays in the idea of community because this the story for me is quite lonely it's it's like I, I this sounds so pessimistic but this is what i think it's like yeah you don't have any friends left so learn how to like that tree because you don't have any other options like that's literally like the way my brain talks to me sometimes Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm sorry to like drop that like nihilistic bomb on you. No, but it's but it's how you experience. But it's like, but I'm lonely. Um, and and especially like in a broader sense, like like I just don't have community culture. I don't believe in a particular religion. I, I I'm not really in any clubs, or nor do I have community at my school. Um. And and I know this is an idea I've come back to over and over and over again, but yeah, it's it just seems to persist. It seems to persist, and I just love people, man. I just love people so much. Like I just yeah. like I just, even having such a brief interaction at the climbing gym last night with a girl named Hennessy and a guy named Parker. Just literally working on this problem with them. It probably didn't matter to them, the interaction, but it it literally lifted me out of the depression for a little bit, you know? And it's just like, I don't... It's just hard to think of an idea where like... Or a story where I'm just... There's just no people around, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah, I heard this wonderful way of presenting congregationalism, right? Which is the idea that you go to some place to worship. And, you know, it posed to me the thought like, well, what's stopping Catholicism or Christianity to just be like, okay, pray at home. Or sorry, Protestantism. Protestantism is more like, oh, you have your personal God, right? Yeah. Like, what's stopping people from just praying at home and doing all this worshiping at home? Right? What's the need for a church? What's the need of going together and meeting in one place? And the thought is, is that, well, we go to church and congregate to worship God because that is where more parts of God exists. We get to worship in the presence of more parts of God because mm, we are all parts of yeah. him. And to me, that's that's the side of spirituality that matters through the most is community. But not community as this kind of social construction, right? As a fucking club or a religion, um, a church, um, a group of people that I can put a clean label under that I can visit every so often. I tend to avoid that definition of community, but that could be someone else's definition of community. For me, it's just, it's still one degree removed from knowing people, right? I'd rather not know people of a group, but know people. Um, so anyways, this community, right, is whenever I talk to someone, I'm in communication with a part of God, right? Not, and again, whenever I say God, I, every single, maybe this can help, like, get us on the same page, but every single time I mention God, in my head, I'm not evoking a white bearded male, right? I'm not even evoking an entity, I'm yeah. evoking an unfolded, um, a process of unfolding that is infinite in its interpretation that can literally be represented by a black obelisk or a banana. Yeah. And it's not just a person, right? Because the moment we think of it as a person, we then dump all of our insecurities onto it. Who are you? Why did you leave me? Why? 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 All these why. So anyways, I... I, I don't know if I told you, I think I meant, I'm sure I mentioned this before, but in New Hampshire, when I was I went after the, probably the most groundbreaking LSD trip I've ever had in my life, hiking up mm -hmm. that mountain, I was staring over at the moon, uh, sipping some tea, just having taken some marijuana. And now my thoughts are getting very kaleidoscopic. And I was thinking about what it means for everything to be a God, right? Everything to be an expression god right thinking about the big bang and I, I can almost empathize with the need to express right we've both of us have felt this already this need to want to create art to just express to create something to bring something into this world right to create yeah and putting that at a cosmic sale scale think of yourself as everything ever but you're floating in nothingness wanting deeply to express to exist and so you do and so forth you explode out in the big bang and what's interesting and from a physics perspective is that everything that has from the moment of the big bang the big bang created every single atom that exists today in the universe right like nothing mm. new was created that can't happen according to the laws of conservation 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So you and I, we were our chemical and quantum, I guess, material that we are made of now was already created at the moment of the Big Bang, except now it's just been a constant reshuffling and reorganization of all this material. You are constantly here, right? The Our very bones were forged in the hearts of dying stars, right? And so we are all simply a product of the creation. Not, not a product. We are all parts of the creative expression of God. And so I was standing here looking up at the moon and I suddenly started crying like I've never cried before because I had this sudden thought that, wow, I, as part of God, was created to be able to look back at God, the moon, and notice its beauty. And not just notice it, but to cherish it. And not just to cherish it, but to cry to it. I am crying at the beauty of my own creation. And then it got even heavier where Brian came out and we started talking. And I was talking to him about like, Brian, we are through this billions of years of change and just reshuffling of basic atoms. We were formed, we were grown, we were cherished and nurtured so that we can talk about God as ourselves. We can talk to each other. And we can see the beauty in each other. We can live. We can love. We can cry. We can hug. Like Jesus, this is... Wow. I mean, to just be able to experience how special existence was for us at that moment was incredible. And to this day, I think that is the closest definition I got to what spirituality gives me the most, which is the wonder of others which is the wonder of an other as myself. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say, ultimately, I think community is also attachment. And according to the Buddhist perspective, attachment is what keeps you anchored onto this material world. That ultimately, yes, it's about Maybe it's about feeling lonely and then it's like, oh, okay, well, I'll take solace in this tree. And then ultimate enlightenment is like, well, this tree is not important either. <laughs> oh, so, but I don't think, I don't think we're supposed to rush attachment or detachment in any way. Um, no, there's something about that, that <laughs> it just sounds wasteful, even though I know it's not wasteful. That's a good point. What do you mean? It's like, here I am in this existence. I get to be here. And it's like, instead of attempting to seek out these things, just become content with staring at this wall instead. It's like, why, why would I waste this by just staring at this wall when there's just like a whole world out here that I, I, I long to experience. Interesting. I think, I think I would have an answer for that or maybe not an answer, but like a response to that down the line. But I think I'm at a point where I'm also coming to a more clear answer to that. Cause I don't think it's about right. we're obviously, we're not really steel manning the opposite side of this. Cause it's spirituality. Isn't just about staring at a wall. Right. 
Um, so we, we gotta we gotta represent this in the, in the most positive light. That, you know, something about aligning yourself to the ultimate goal, good, right? Is something that's very scary, and that I'm currently reading Simone Veil, and she has a very good take on what it means to be good, because she says like people conduct virtuous acts all the fucking time but there's a difference between conducting virtuous acts for a lesser reason and that hurts the soul as much as it means to commit a heinous act as well it's the whole bible story of the pharisees right it's like the jewish jewish um is the jewish following rich person who's like oh i pray six times a day and i uh, you know help the poor and shit and ultimately he's just doing it so that he can be take he can have a spiritual advantage right oh i'm better karma you know this is mm. you know but again you're grinding in the game of warcraft right there is no <laughs> points that you get for being more fucking spiritual and all you're doing is stepping on the toes of others to do so um and so, so yeah, I, I don't know if it's like, I get your whole, whole, whole conception of what it means to be, feel like almost wasteful to be like, well, do I just give all this up? I don't think so. Right. But I don't have a clear answer to like, as to what that specific clarification is. Yeah. But I think I mean, that's just, the, yeah. that's the crossroads I'm at. If I'm being real with you, mm. this is, this is the point where like, it has all made sense to me. It has all been like very much enlightening and, and improving my life um, and, and improving the life of others around me. I just have, have been more loving and in awe, but I just, I can't seem to answer the question. Like why do anymore? Why do, what is the spiritual answer to that question? Yeah. Yeah. Why do I, I just, yeah, I guess a question to to pose to you that you don't, not necessarily have to answer or can answer, honestly, is that like, as we continue on, you know, like when when you do feel the the urge to live life to its fullest, whether that's going out and to a forest and by yourself or trying to meet other people, I wonder if you'd be able to reflect just a moment as to why. Right? Are you doing this maybe out of fear? Are you doing this so that you can feel something? Or is it that you yeah. want to know God? Yeah. Or is it that yeah, that's, you're trying that's to avoid the issue. Something? That's the issue, David. You're you're hitting it right now. Mm-hmm. It's um oh, it's just like I do so much out of the anxiety of seeming uninteresting or wait or or boring or like i just i, I literally like sometimes just want to travel because i can say i did oh yeah i i, I want i some you know well yeah. i said literally it, at one point it's like at one point i i think last semester i went for a walk just so that i can say later on that i had <laughs> a walk yeah yes 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 not to myself to um others. yeah Exactly. And, and, and I, I do so much out of that. It stems from that. And it's just like, 
but but I still want to do shit. Um, and it's like, but but if if I sucked every little bit of anxiety out of my body, or just learned to somehow isolate anxiety and just and just never give into it, let's just which is impossible. But for this hypothetical, let's let's imagine that. Like, what would I continue to do, and what would I stop doing? It's like how how much does this actually rule my life? Um, and 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 like, what do I do just out of the need to express? Like, when is the universe truly just breathing through me? And it's like, no, no, let's go see the redwood forest. Like, let's go experience that. Like, when is that happening? And when am I just doing that? Because, oh, I need I need to experience things because that's what life's about. Yeah. Now we're getting to that's, the really that's, good questions here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so. <sighs> I'm curious. Yeah. That last, kind of the last moments we had with our LSD trip when you were getting that those really big brain thoughts about breath. Yeah. You were just thinking about breath. From my perspective, that was probably your least anxious state I've ever seen you in. <laughs> Even though, of course, there was a backdrop of like, shit i'm still in this state it's been eight hours i'm sure there's some residual feelings there but yeah um i'm curious if you ever revisited that moment in your in your memories and what breath means to you from that point on i i have but weirdly enough that moment for me was like less i I think of it as less about the lesson of of breath and more about just like how good i feel when i help somebody like i just oh shit it was just so nice to like help you just bring you out of that state you were in when you were face planted on the floor and and to just like suddenly be there. And then suddenly you and I were just sharing a beautiful moment together and teaching each other things a moment later. Yeah. And, 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 and so that, I mean, man, that, that single handedly basically lifted me out of, out of a bad trip, just that moment. And, for one of the reasons was breath and then the other was just like man love is beautiful like extending love yeah. is beautiful yeah so like it's kind of a double yeah. double trouble so i think and of course it depends on how you tell that story of what that love is right you can say that oh well this love was just me feeling like i want to be validated or you can say that this was a chance to meet you know, at the end of the day, this is what I have really come to understand about love. Is that we are finite human beings trying to express an infinite emotion. Hmm. And so we will always come up short. We yeah. will always it would always feel difficult and hurt always stems from a lack of love. And the reason why there's always hurt is because we will fall short. Our finite shells will always fall short of filling out this infinite scale of love. Mm. Like that, that's a story that we can tell ourselves. And I think that matters to us. And no, there's no room for, not not that there's no room, but there's no need for anxiety. And I, I think I'm sensing from a bit of what you're saying is that you might be afraid that like anxiety is needed. Like some of the things that you do in your life, you're afraid that you won't, be able to do if you didn't have anxiety to push you to do it Um, yeah a part of me feels like i'd become 
the least relatable human being on earth. I'd be like, you're anxious. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Let's just come look at this wall with me. <laughs> Again, I don't know where this wall shit is coming from. Like, but sure. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. I was when you were tripping. You were looking at the the wall right a lot, and it was like showing like. Like it was like it's melting. Shaking. Yeah. Okay. 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 That that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's definitely a way to see a wall if you're very uh, affected. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing. I I don't know, man. I I have also gotten a lot of moments where I've been able to talk to people and just express myself genuinely through my spirituality, and it's always been a fucking wholesome ass conversation. Like people say, like. I feel better after talking to you. And yes, I eat that shit up. Right? Mm. But I don't think it's it's not it hasn't dominated my my actions as the the thing that I'm striving. I'm not hungry for it. It's a beautiful feeling to have that you were able to accompany someone and make them feel better. But to me that was my genuine as genuine as I can imagine and who knows maybe all genuineness is an illusion but I feel the most me in that state like god i don't even know how to describe it it's the closest thing that i can imagine what it feels like for a jazz musician to improvise like just oh my god it's pure expression of who i am what i think and what matters to me and that alone exuberates this kind of champagne of of identity that other people instantly recognize that you Mm. also instantly recognize when it comes to leilani right or Nathan, sure, I'm, I'm sure too. But like Leilani, I remember you talked about how clear she was with her boundaries. Yeah, that was not that was not anxiety controlling that conversation. I think that was a genuine yeah. self assuredness of who she was in when it comes to this. And that, I think, we all have a deep litmus test in us that whenever we dip into others, we can tell if we are seeing someone real or seeing a performance. And when we see a performance, it could be a damn good performance, right? It can be the most exciting, exuberant, attention-grabbing, sexy performance that we've ever fucking seen. And sure, for a moment, we could be maybe flabbergasted or enchanted. But that eventually fades because we realize over time or rather quickly that this isn't a human being that we're talking to. This is an apparition, a ghost that someone summoned in their place. And we feel scared. We feel insecure. Like, who who is this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And on LSD, there truly is no performance. Nope. You can try. There's literally no point. I remember, like, the most, like, searing memory I had was when we were talking, we were looking at your lamp, right? Like, the yeah. lamp that you made with the dress. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and how, like, you were scared to turn it on. Like, <laughs> yeah. Your own light. Yeah. You know, like, that's, I think, what what has helped me so much with LSD is that, like, wow, I get to, s- I get to see myself in a raw form. Like, just, like, knowing that it can be done, right? Knowing that I can be in a state where I have literally no possible inhibition of costume and be okay and be accepted and maybe even be loved. Yeah. 
Yeah, why the fuck does this little like mushroom shit make you do that? Like, what the fuck, I know. man? Yeah, that's where it gets to the point of, like, maybe psychology doesn't have it all, because there's no way they can explain <laughs> this, this sense of, you know, sacredness, yeah. right? This, yeah, yeah they, they, they could tell you what receptors it binds to, exactly. maybe. Oh, my God, that shit always messes me up. Like, really? You're going you're gonna to relegate everything that we've ever experienced on this to the 5 OC receptor of, of your fucking... <laughs> cerebral cortex like really yeah yeah i mean it's just not the better story that's for goddamn sure exactly (laughs) man oh my god exactly it's not the better story (laughs) and they're just both equally real yeah Ah, but it's like equally right and wrong unprovable and you fucking decide right yeah yeah and science has put a fork in the road really has but i think like i wouldn't be able to understand cosmogenesis to a point where i can really believe it without like the physics background of like the of big course yeah. And, yeah. Know, stars being born like some some of the science stories are fucking amazing right definitely yeah. like higgs boson too like the the invisible field that you cannot touch smell or even detect but somehow if you excite a part of the Higgs field, it turns into mass. Like, what the fuck, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's an episode on the Midnight Gospel. Um, maybe if we can watch it together at some point. Oh, I'm tapping into that soon. I was thinking about watching it tonight, actually. Yo, dude, if you hey, if you go on a shroom trip tomorrow, watch that shit tonight. Um, okay. I'll specifically tell you, like, the first... Wait, actually, I will tell you which episode that I think is the most, most incredible. But... All of them. Maybe with the, okay, the last one is about um, death in the family and like contending with breast cancer. So that might be a bit mm-hmm. intense, but um, it's not in any way like makes you sad, but it definitely makes you feel a lot for sure. But yeah, yeah. Um, it depends on what you want to uh, get into. But let me, I'll send you the episodes, like a one word kind of disclaimer on each episode. And see which one you want to watch, but yo, that if they talk about intention setting, yo, this is yeah. And just keep in mind, you don't you don't need to get it at first. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'll definitely I'll definitely tap in and and see what it's about. Sounds yeah. good. Well, All right, um, we have a night, a whole night ahead of us, don't we? we well, do. you, you're three hours ahead of me, though. Yeah, yeah. So I have less, but you, you definitely have some. Um, and I found it. I think episode five is the one that I would personally really enjoy. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I'll tap in then and tell you how I feel. Absolutely. Um, for sure. All right. Good stuff. I think this is a good one. I think so too. We we yeah we and I. I was getting to a point where I think it's been nice sharing a bit about my own failures um, of the day because I feel like I haven't really done so, even though I'm sure I have, um, like have yeah. felt them. But yeah, lately I kind of felt like I, I was like the one who had answers and really I don't. Um, so it's been nice to just talk about how we kind of may have fucked up throughout the day. Yeah. And and there you know, there are no answers, and like you don't have to be someone who 
like drops bombs and saves my day or something ever. Yeah. Um, cause like, you know, the better story is also just the more honest one. It doesn't necessarily have to be happier, mm. you know, yeah. it's like the one that resonates with you and like, ah, when something resonates, it can, it can resonate in a really just depressive, sad, gloomy way, you know? Mm. So I think it's important to tap into that. Yeah. Um, cause there's emotion there. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, one hour in basically on the dot. On the dot. Let's go. This is how David and Cal felt February 23rd. Wow. We're already getting through this year, but it's two twenty three twenty three. Oh, nice. There Look at you that. Go. There you go. All right. Peace. Good night, Cal.